Now, I don't love solo Ozzy Osbourne, but early Black Sabbath is so dirty and so dark and so ridiculous. And this song right here called Sweet Leaf is about, well, I'll give you one guess. Go ahead, crank it. My uncle Troy said to me, I came out of high school, moved back to Minnesota, and he's like, so what, what about like Black Sabbath? I'm like, oh, fuck, that's for burnouts. He right. goes, you're an idiot. <laughs> he goes, you have got to listen to this stuff. When, I, like, when, when I was growing up, it was the same thing, right? Like oh. I was like, I was like into Culture Club and Howard yep. Jones, oh, right? Yeah, and, so, and so like, I, exactly. And so then like people like the kids who wore Black Sabbath t-shirts, I'm like, those guys are bad news. You gotta watch out for those guys. <laughs> and then only found out years later that Black Sabbath is why we rock today. Uh, that particular song, Sweetly, for opening up the Brian Oak Show with episode 256, recording in the Smart Start MN Studios, because yesterday... Minnesota exceptionally quietly legalized weed. Now, that's oversimplifying yeah. it by a long shot. Edibles and... But, I mean, like, so up until now, you could have these various strains or distillations of the cannabinoids that were available in there. But THC, the, the thing that gets you high is Delta 9. So up until yesterday, you could buy Delta 8, you could buy Delta 10, you could buy THCO and THCP and all these various offshoots that weren't quite as strong but still very relaxing, help some people sleep at night. And maybe encourage your imagination. Hmm. But as of today, if I want to... Now, again, they're only five milligrams, so... And, and that's important. Like, So we've legalized a bunch of this stuff. Apparently, only edibles in the form of gummies and various other edibles and drinks that have it in there, but no more than five milligrams. This is an important factor because anybody who's ever done an edible in their life before... It's it's a dice game. It, it, you yep. you know, like if you buy a whole brownie out in California, mm. right? Like the size of a proper brownie, which are delicious. I remember my first Smurf Berry brownie, and you eat the whole thing. You are going to the hospital. You yes, know, you, you yeah. shouldn't have seven hundred milligrams of marijuana inside of you. Eat first, and then wait, 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 wait before and, and, you digest more and do the long game. Like oh. take one little bite. And see how yes, it hits you. Yes. Give it an hour. Don't be like 15 minutes in no. like, I don't Come feel on. shit. And then eat half of it. Because you will you will see the devil and he will try to pull your heart out through your kneecaps. Okay? <laughs> You've got to be careful. But weed, I mean, one step closer to living in an actually free and true world here in Minnesota, which I can't quite figure out. Like South Dakota, right? They legalized weed the second they could. But now they've made abortion illegal. So you can't have an abortion, but feel free to stop by our dispensaries and put more money into our drastic fascist coffers. Now I don't get to go to South Dakota anymore, and I loved it there so much. Well, I mean, you can still go for weed. And by the way, if you're no. going, if you're going, I got a couple orders to place right there. Right. It is the Brian Oak Show. My name is Brian. That is Sean. It is made possible by the good people at Smart Start MN. What do they do? Well, they were there at the beginning of Minnesota's ignition interlock system being incorporated into state law. In fact, they helped design it with lawmakers. They are the originators. They are not carpetbaggers. They are, well, frankly, one of us or several of us, however you'd like to look at it. You get a DUI you are going to lose your license. That is an absolute given. But you want to get back 
in your car and maybe everything's not resolved yet, yet, they'll get you back in quicker and for less money than you might otherwise expect. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're guilty before being proven innocent. Correct. And uh, Smart Start saw that and they decided to go to the legislature and make this all happen. You can save even more money by going to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll save you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. You realize that you and I have been doing this for more than two and a half years now, That's right? crazy. Isn't that weird? Time keeps on slipping, slipping. Into the future. But my my friend Kevin always takes umbrage with that because I quote it all the time. And he's like, well, technically time is slipping into the past, right? That's true, but that doesn't sound good. Well, and Steve Miller <laughs> didn't think that far ahead. No, he just he wrote a groovy song to smoke weed to. <laughs> Welcome to Minnesota. Uh, our guest today is one of my favorite people in uh, in person, but we've only met a couple of times. Yeah. But you know, on social media, this guy is a futurist. He's a humanist. He's a realist. But he never, ever, ever stops imagining or dreaming. And I, I don't know, man. I gotta. You know what my fetish is? My weird fetish is for smart people. Now I promise I'm gonna oh, yeah. keep my pants on during the entire interview. <laughs> but I've got a fetish for smart people. And Jeffrey Morris is one of the most intelligent people that I follow online or know in the real world. He's also turned that creativity. He's managed to manifest it in the real world and it only keeps going and getting bigger we're going to talk about his project we're going to talk about his love of sci-fi we're going to talk about how the fact that the world is on fire and should we all live long enough we'll actually get to enjoy his movies and his creations but first i wanted to play one song and i wanted to say happy birthday to one of my very favorites when i was a young man of a certain age before i really you know i'll be honest this was pre-puberty but i started to have inklings right yeah and i am of a certain age where i came up with the triumvirate of new wave foxes one was Pat Benatar. Okay. Son of a... Mm. The other was Terry Nunn from the band Berlin. Nice. Well, I know her. What's that? I met her. You met Terry yeah, Nunn? I, I, gotta show, I have pictures of me and, with her. Yeah, I, I, I met her. She's super Fully cool. clothed. Well, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was well, in an airport. Settle down, oh, okay. well, it was in I'm just throwing it out there. It wasn't, in, it wasn't at a swingers <laughs> club. Oh, okay. Or, or, or <laughs> the grotto at the Playboy <laughs> no, Mansion. No, 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 no. Although, okay. speaking of the Playboy no. Mansion, the third member of the triumvirate of New Wave Foxes for me was once a Playboy bunny before she found her way in the world of rock and roll. I just got to see her a little while ago out in California, mm-hmm. in Pasadena, as part of the Cruel World Festival. And for a woman who is celebrating her 77th mm. birthday today, she's absolutely still got it. Debbie Harry and Blondie. It's her 77th birthday. It's the Brian Oak Show.
Parallel Lines is in my top 10 albums of all time. And by that, I mean in my top three albums of all time. <laughs> I'm not joking, man. I love every song on that record, up to and including 1159 by Blondie. Happy, happy 77th birthday to Debbie Harry today. Now, our guest today on The Brian Oak Show, as we've already alluded to, is a man. Well, let me describe him this way. He's things. He's seen things that you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. He's seen sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. One day, all those moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain. But not today, because we've got <laughs> Jeffrey Morris in the Smart Start MN Studios. Jeffrey, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Well, And I'm glad to see yeah. your face, man, because yeah. you, as I mentioned before, I wasn't joking around. I follow you actively because, okay. A, you're a smart dude. B, you love science fiction. C, you have so much happening all the time. I'm like, your travel schedule, your creative schedule. And then, I mean, like, you know, you want to be a creative, right? But along with being a creative, there's so much just business of being alive and getting the work done that has yeah. to happen. It can sometimes detract from what you do. You did send me a bio, but I'll tell you what I know about Jeffrey Morris, writer, director, production designer. He has got incredible things in the work. I've already seen at least the opener or the teaser for Oceanus. I've seen Parallel Man. Persephone is a full length Hollywood motion picture that he's been working on for so long and it only gets more incredible with every chapter that seems to unfold about it you've been around forever man you love the earth you love science you love outer space you love science fiction but unlike most people who like those things instead of living in their mom's basement you are turning your visions and bringing the next level of that for other there are people who are going to grow up and they're going to be like well Jeffrey Morris that's why I do this man I mean, that's, don't you think? Well, I appreciate that. I, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, frankly, very, when I grew up, kind. I'd like to be more like Jeffrey Morris, if I'm <laughs> honest. You do a lot of stuff, man, and you have been on the show before. It's been a long time, um, but you're a Minnesotan, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I moved here in 88, so. All right, very lived good. here longer than anywhere else. So. Well, and yeah. so that, me yeah. too. I was born in Oregon, but I've lived here since I was two years old, oh, which wow. okay. means I put in the effing time. Coon Rapids, you're welcome. Um <laughs> Jeffrey, where did your original love of sci-fi come from? I know you love Carl Sagan. I know you love that kind of stuff, but that's real science. That's yeah. hard. That's hard math and, and real existence, right, as much as we know. Where did science fiction first become a defining part of who you are? You know, it's interesting. I think it goes back to um, actually seeing the Apollo missions when I was little. Mm. I was probably, um, I think it was like Apollo 14 was the first one that I was really old enough to get. I, I, and, you know, I, I don't know, I five years old, something like that. And, uh, I saw, I saw the, uh, you know, I, I saw those missions going up to the moon. My father, he, he would wake me up at night and we'd watch the transmissions that come back from the moon wow, and stuff. Right. And then to be able to go outside and see the moon. It's like, Whoa, there are guys up there. Like yeah. right? actual right? human right? beings actual walking beings there, on right? that thing. And the thing for me was, um, my interest in science fiction was really an extension of the fact that I wanted to live that real science life. I wanted to go up there I wanted to be on the moon. I wanted to be part of all that. I wanted to, you know, and, um, you know, and then, then I would watch shows like the uh, original Star Trek when I was little and, and I'd watch it every day after school. And it, it didn't seem that illogical to go from 
we're we're walking on the moon right now. So why couldn't we have the Starship Enterprise three hundred years from now? You know, and everything, right? I mean, I don't know about all the aliens and stuff, but I'm talking about just. <laughs> you know, I don't know about all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the humans part, right? The yeah. humans working together and going and traveling and doing things that seemed plausible to me. Yeah. And and it was um it was really it it, it inspired me to want to tell stories and inspired me to you know I I all my my imaginary play as a child was about living in the future because I it was a world I wanted to grow up and be a part of. I watched these Jacques Cousteau specials when I was a kid mm. and he had to, those cool submarines and all the kind of stuff that was going on and right. I was like, man, it, it, there was also this cartoon. It was called uh, Sea Lab 2020. It was oh, yeah. Out, yeah. I saw that when I was like in kindergarten and I was like, whoa, man, there's like cities underwater and stuff. Right. I mean, that kind of stuff, that was awesome. And I was like, you know, this is the future I want to grow up and, and be a part of. Yeah. And, 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 and for some reason, I don't know... It, by the mid seventies, I I could sense that it wasn't going to happen. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I I think it was watching my friends and and all the kids around me, and I was like, you know, I'm going, hey guys, check this out. You know, I'm going to the library. Yeah. I'm getting all these books. I'm like, look at this stuff. Look at this, you know, NASA stuff. And, and they're all like shrugging. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't get it. They're <laughs> right. like, what, why do you care about that? Why are yeah. you interested in that? And I and I was like, wait, I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know. If this, you know, this is really going to be. And so I was like, okay, maybe what I can do is grow up. Because I saw Star Wars like all these other kids, and I thought, yeah. I thought, wow, that's that's really cool. But I was like, how did they make that? Like, how did they do it? And I thought, if I could learn how to do that, maybe I could tell stories about the future I want to grow up—a real future, not a galaxy far, far away, but our future. Right. And actually make movies and and TV shows and books and things about that. So that's what started me on the path of this. Well, and you've been along. I mean, I'm sure you got into comic books. Did you have Star Wars action figures? I did. Yeah. I did. I did. What I about did. Space 1999? Well, that was my, that was my, uh, Space 1999 was the biggest one for me as a really? kid. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eagle One and that eagle, whole thing. The Eagle was my favorite. You know, I, I used to pretend like, like my closet was a Eagle cockpit. Yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, you know, and then I had my toy Eagles I got in the backyard and, you know, and hold Moonbase Alpha, man. Oh, We're yeah. stuck here, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, do yeah. I love the fact that you're here. Because again, like you said, telling, telling your friends when you were younger, my mom used to make me go outside and play like she could see neighborhood kids outside. Yeah. And I'd be downstairs with my little, you know, at home version of the Death Star yeah. and all the things. And I was perfectly happy. Mm-hmm. I was creating a whole universe. Right. The narrative never stopped. Right. I never got bored. Right. I wasn't mad. I right. wasn't sad. Right. I didn't feel detached. But she's like, Brian, your friends are outside. Go, go play go with outside. them. Go outside. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. Mom, fine. <laughs> well, luckily, your love of that early on has led to your current life's passion. You have so many projects in the works right now, and I'm not sure where to start. So let's start with, since you were talking about Jacques Cousteau and underwater and your love of Sea Lab and that sort of thing, yeah. let's start with Oceanus. Yeah. You put that out not too long ago. The Well, the finished product of at least what I feel is only a tease of what's to come for Oceanus. So that, so that was a short film that was made a few years back. Yeah, yeah. Right? But we finally got some distribution for it on this uh, channel called Dust, mm-hmm. you know, and, and on YouTube. And it's now had well over uh, two million views in the last mm-hmm. couple months. Which, by so, the way, I mean, yeah. people like think about like, well, I don't know. The new Olivia Rodrigo has four billion views. We're not talking about a pop no, star it's very here. Different. Yeah. We're talking about. I mean, it is sci-fi, but it's very practical reality sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a wildly engaging story. It's really good. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, the other thing, it's it's thirty. It's over thirty minutes long, right? right? You know, so anything. Yes, you can get millions of views for something fifteen seconds long, right? But but I mean, one of the things that that um, was a big precedent for us is that uh, like Dust, they have over eight hundred 
short films on there. Yeah, they do. And uh, oh, and frankly, yeah. you. So I watched yours several yeah. times, but then started jumping down the line. Yeah, Dust does a really, really, really incredible job with the short form of really inventive and interesting science fiction. Yeah, absolutely. I think mean, I had yeah. never even heard of them until I followed you and then went to watch it. Okay, they do a lot of good stuff. There's there. a lot of cool stuff there, yeah. and and you know, so but but the thing that's cool about it is is our two shorts are in their like top one percent performers, right? They 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 really did well, and people wow. have to watch that the whole thing, right? Those views aren't something where, where you're mm, just watching right. it for a second or something. I mean, they, you know, that's, you know, so that's why it makes a big difference. And so now I'm finally I finally have some feedback and data that says this thing is good and people want to watch it so what i'm doing is i'm actually right now i'm in the process of writing a prequel that uh that'll be a, a two-hour movie and uh and that we're, our intention is to shoot that actually before we shoot persephone we're going to shoot it next spring that's really the, yeah yeah we're shooting in los angeles and uh it's coming together really it's a great story and it's this really fun it, it explains the the impetus how, how did the underwater city get built and and why build an underwater city and uh, it's it's my first chance to write a really good villain, and it's just it's, it it feels almost <laughs> like a, a Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah, uh, or, oh, or Jurassic wow. Park kind of. That's kinda. fun. Yeah, it's a really fun movie, and I, it's the most it's the most fun movie I've ever written. I'm super excited to direct this film. Super well, excited for yeah. people who haven't seen Oceanus. It's a half hour commitment, but it is utterly worth every minute because. I like all of it because it's got a science fiction element. It's got a futuristic element. It's got an apocalyptic element, and that might be damning it with faint praise, right? I mean, like, <laughs> obviously, now you're trapped underwater. We don't know what kind, but some sort of, again, spoiler alert, worldwide cataclysm unfolds. Yes. And, but you also get an extremely personal story between these two people who are trying to find their way home. And they're scientists, right? Like, they're yeah. just trying to do their experiment. It's a brilliant film, and so you're talking about a prequel to what led up to yeah, this I'm gonna particular do, I'm, film. I'm, I'm, and that, it's called Threshold, and it's a prequel. It's it's called Threshold Oceanus One, and it's the it's the prequel to the whole thing. It, sh- it explains the setup, like who the guy is that built it and why, and he's kind of an Elon Musk kind of character, and, right. and you get to mm. meet this guy, and you you find out you know his background and. Well, let's be yeah. honest, an underwater city or complex or research facility or anything yeah. is no small endeavor. No, it's not. It's yeah. not. And this is this explains how it happened and why. That's, really? that's cool. And then and then we're we're gonna follow that up with um uh you know, I'm planning to shoot Persephone, which we'll talk about, but then after Persephone I wanna come to come back to Oceanus and I've got the sequel, which is kind of a re imagination of the short film, and it's called Stingray. And Stingray is gonna is gonna take and explain the whole story. It's like twenty years later. Than, than the prequel and it basically says we've got this established underwater city but we're rushing it and we're trying to build it quickly and there are all these weird rules and what's going on why do you have to be married to be down here and what's this guy about and why <laughs> and then this as you said this global cataclysm occurs right and then the question becomes did the billionaire guy behind it know the cataclysm was coming and maybe even be partially to blame for it right and that sort of thing so that's mm. yeah so that's the that's the sequel FeatureDude.com is ground zero for the things that Jeffrey Morris does. And I love the fact that amidst the hard science, there's always a little element (laughs) of conspiracy. Yes. Just because you're paranoid 
doesn't mean that someone's not following you, Jeffrey. <laughs> That's you right. know that, right? That's Just right. because you're That's paranoid right. doesn't right. mean you're wrong. That's Before right. we talk more about your upcoming projects, let's get some music in. Another thing that I like following you for is you and I have a love of music that yes. sort of originates in the same era. Absolutely. Despite the fact that you look young and fresh and might live 100 more years, <laughs> I am not, but I feel like we're relatively close in age. Yeah. I, oh, well, I'm, I'm he, early he, be, he, he begrudgingly admitted that. I'm in my 50s. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, It doesn't too. look like yeah. it, though. No, young, <laughs> fresh, Mike, you and fixed. I are the same age. Really? I'm, I'll be 51. I'm 54. Oh, see? Yeah. You're I'm the same also age. 54. Are you? Okay. But you okay. look like... I don't know, like a decathlete, and I look, <laughs> I look like someone who's drinking um, scope under a bridge. Looks like I'm, I'm <laughs> <athlete>. <laughs> scope. Killing me, man! You're killing me. Scope. scope. <laughs> oh, I wish it weren't true. Tell me about the song. First song you picked. Why you picked this one? I Jeff? picked this song because it's been on my mind. Um, this song uh, it's called "Going Backwards" by Depeche Mode, and it was released in 2017. And uh, when I heard it at the time, it really resonated with me um, in the Trump era and, um, you know, Brexit on the horizon mm-hmm. and all these different things that were going on in the world. And uh, I know, you know, Depeche Mode, they've always been they've always had a p- political angle to their music. And, and I've followed them since their beginning. And uh, they're my favorite band. I love those guys. And, and um, you know, I I the, the sad part to me with what would just happen with the Supreme Court, mm. several decisions. It's not just Roe. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's some that are just monumental. And, and more on the and, way. And more on the way. I mean, we're, we're literally talking about the foundation of our democracy being ripped out from under us. Right. We're, we're headed there. And I think this song is very appropriate. And, and this, the, 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 the sad and devastating part is that it becomes more relevant year after year. I'd like to see it going the other way. But, but it's very relevant. And I think it's something that people, it's got a message that's important for right now. We 
Within 40 years, that band out of Essex in England has been making truly incredible music, fusing early on what was new wave and sort of dark, sometimes scary, icy synthesizer with the pop format. And they've never really had a peer, in my humble opinion, never really had an equal, and they've never stopped being worthwhile, worth noticing, or creating music that matters. Like for me... And I have to admit, I attach it to a little bit of nostalgia. The first girl I ever properly made out with. <laughs> I mean, I mean like properly, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? All right, well, I, I but, but it was just making out. But it was it was heavy for me. It was a new era. And she had a copy of Some Great Reward by that wow. band. People are people, you know, yeah, yeah, blasphemous yeah. rumors. That was the day that I learned about the importance of Depeche Mode because apparently freaky girls get into Depeche Mode. No, that's not, that was not my point, all right? Um, but she was really into it, and I learned yeah. a lot that day. I love learning new things. Now, I'll be honest, uh, you know, through the 90s, obviously, Violator, Songs of Faith and Devotion, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when they really became international superstars. Right. But they never stopped writing good music, right? And Andy Fletcher, unfortunately, recently yes. died at the age yes. of 60, yes. founding member of the band. That up. But, yeah. um, you know, they're not wrong. When you talk about going backwards, yes. 
The notion of dystopia, right, the Mm -hmm. opposite of utopia, is nothing new. Whether we're looking at film, whether we're looking at literature, whether we're listening to music, the notion of a future gone wrong is something that we've all at least had a taste of throughout our lives. Sure, sure. Um, But the fact that we're kind of growing into and slowly step-by-step accepting a real dystopia. Yeah. It's horrifying. Well, it's Jeffrey. horrifying. It's See, horrifying. The thing to me is I, I think of it like um, being, a, you know, the, the old metaphor of a frog in a pot. Yeah. Yes. Right. You know, and where if you throw a, a frog into a pot of boiling water, it'll jump out. Yeah. Right. You, you put it in there and it's lukewarm and you just slowly turn the heat up. He'll stay it, there. He'll just stay there. Until he's dead. Until he's dead. It's right? over. And that's what I feel like we're going through right now on so many levels, so many levels. And, and, I, don't, and I don't mean to be negative. I know people are like, well, you got to be more positive. Come on. And I'm like, look. I'd love to be. I'd love to be more positive. The thing with all these dystopic science fiction visions in the past, mm. they were supposed to be uh, warnings. They were supposed to be something that we were supposed to heed and think about and go, let's avoid this, right? Yeah, well, whether we're right? talking about Twilight Zone, uh, Soylent Green. I, I was going to say Soylent Green, man. Soylent <clears throat> Green is so, it, you know. Oh, I mean, you know, I, mean, it, I mean, there's so much in Soylent Green. You know, and we're not eating people yet, but if you, you no, know what I mean? But, but, but it's but smart. so it, much of it. It's prescient, yeah. right? Yeah. It yeah. speaks to when things go dark. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, the people always talk about we're two paychecks away from a revolution, right? Right. When we run out of food or, which is much more likely in our lifetimes, when we run out of water, water. things water. are going to get brutal. Exactly. And exactly. I mean, California has more money than 90% of the nations on our planet. Right. I mean, will they strike up their own private force to get water? Because, damn, they need well, water they out of California, to, man. They might have to build some massive desalination, desalination some, project. Yes. Some, whatever right. it might, but, I mean, have you been seeing, like, Lake Mead, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, b- bodies, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's, mean, just, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, they're, they're basically saying that within the next couple of years, it's going to be what they call a dead pool. Yep. Where it's just, it, it's it's just suddenly gone. It's, it's just, gone. It's gone. Right? And, well, and more and, and more like, that's going to happen. I mean, that's going to happen more and more all and around the world. And not just in America. Exactly. Oh, yeah. All around, around the world. The world yeah. Water is going to be more precious than oil, yep. more precious than gold, yep. any of that stuff. So you did bring up something very interesting, though, where people are like, why can't you be more positive? And I think... Much like you said, those earlier tales of dystopia were meant as a warning. They were also seen as so cartoonish, this could never happen, but right. keep an eye open. Well, clearly they're closer than ever before. But I would say in the work that you do, the thing that makes it more relatable, even for people who maybe aren't sci-fi heads. Sure, which is my right? goal, actually. I, I have but to be honest. I, I want to reach people that aren't actually into sci-fi. You That's, bring yeah. a level yeah. of humanity to all of these situations, whether we're talking about a world-ending cataclysm, being trapped in space, you know, even e- even the mind-bending nature of your, your animated series, Parallel Man, yeah. I, there's a humanity or you know, the thing that makes us people, right? The right. thing that makes us sit down. There has to be a value to being alive. Otherwise, why the hell do you get out of bed in exactly. the morning, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and at the end of the day to me, um, any of these stories, if you don't care about the people and their journey... Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter the tech, you know, technology and visual effects and explosions and stuff, who cares? Right. It's like, it's like I, all that has to serve a good story about the human beings. Right. And then we have to come out of that story, learning something you have to come out. And I'm not talking about beat you over the head with messages. It's more like creating a situation where the audience can go and say, Hey, I never thought of that. Huh? That's interesting. 
I wonder if that could happen. I wonder if I, you know, how would I handle that? That's the stuff that I'm trying to do. And, to but the, and then also yeah. like, okay, even if that's a fantastical notion, it does cause you to question things about maybe the nature of our existence, our mutual existence, Absolutely. your own personal existence. Absolutely. And how would I react? How would I interpolate that? How would I respond if I were in that situation? And anytime we think a little bit more about ourselves, not in the head up your own asshole way, but in the actual what makes me a living, breathing human person right. on this planet. Absolutely. You grow up being a sci-fi fan, right? And But it's a big step from doing that to becoming a writer, a director, a producer. You have to be a financier. You have so many things to do right. if you want to bring this shit to life. Yeah. At what point do you decide, you know what? I don't just love this stuff or understand it. I can write this. I can articulate my vision. When does that happen for you? Um, you know, the the it, it's funny because people say to me, like, well, man, how, how do you get to do that? How do you do this? And and the, the biggest struggle for me is actually the... the uh, the business side, the finance side, right? I'm spending probably 85, 90% of my time, you know, being an entrepreneur right. and, and, and yeah. working with investors and figuring out how to finance these things and moving along. We've been talking about Persephone, right? That, right. that movie, I, I was walking my dog in the fall of, uh, it was like September of 2017. I was like, you know, I should do a story about people crashing on a planet. <laughs> you know, right? as you know, one does, right? you know, as I'm one just walking does. my dog, and 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 by the time I roll cameras on that thing, it'll be like six years later, right, or something, right? And and you you think now I plan to shoot that film the next summer. I was gonna, you know, oh my god, right? And and all the things that all the twists and turns and casting stuff and all the and and the marketplace has changed while we were out there. COVID happened. So many yeah. things have happened that it's been incredibly uh, challenging journey. But it's, but it's, you know, I also, a lot of people don't realize that, that movies that we see, a lot of them, the good ones took 10 years, 15 oh, years, yeah. 20 well, years. I mean, well, to if get you to think the about like proof of yeah. concept all the way to execution yeah, and release, right. easy. Right, exactly. But I mean, that, yeah. that, that's beyond a labor of love. That yeah. is visionary. So, like, when I, when I was complimenting you early on in the show here, imagination is one thing and I celebrate imagination. Sure. I love talking to creative people. I love talking to smart people. I sit and live in awe of people who then have the, for whatever cliches I can throw out here, stick to wherewithal mm -hmm. drive. Mm -hmm. And, and frankly, I mean, unrelenting ambition. Yeah. You I won't don't give get, up. You don't I won't give, give up. I know. No, and you don't get no. Persephone made mm -hmm. without having that behind it. Yeah, so yeah, it's one thing yeah. to have an idea and be like, I put my story online. It's amazing. Or you're going to cra create and craft, and you are in the process, and hopefully closer to the finish line than the starting line yeah, at this point, yeah. a, a major motion picture yeah. about outer space, and you've got real stars in it. Yeah, you know, we, um, uh, here's the thing. I'm, I've got, uh, uh, we just signed uh, Ming-Na Wen, who's mm. one of my favorite actors, has been for, I, I think I first saw her on like Joy Luck Club back in the 90s. I've always, right. I've always loved her. She's awesome. And I got to work with her on my Parallel Man project a few years back. And we really enjoyed working together. And so when I got her the script for this, she was she was willing to come on board, which is awesome. And uh, so Ming's the you know, starring opposite Brianna oh. Hildebrand from the uh, Deadpool movies, mm -hmm. and then uh, and then Isai Morales, who's another one of my all time favorite actors. Um, he came on board, and he's playing um, the father of Brianna's character, which is cool. And then we you know we have a couple of other roles that are where we have some legendary actors that are in talks with us. I mean, when I say legendary, I'm talking legendary. Yeah, I, I believe you. You've got real stars, like actual known names in this film. And I think for a lot of people who aren't, that don't grow up in that, in that situation, right? Or aren't part of the machine. They've not made mm -hmm. a film before. Mm -hmm. They've not crafted something like that before. That sounds like a fantasy world. Like it's not something real, but you literally 
crafted this. You 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 willed it into being. That's incredible. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, it's been a it, like I said. I I wanted to tell a story about people going to the nearest star to the to a real planet that was mm. discovered in 2016, and I wanted to say, okay, what if we got there and we have a plan to live on this planet and we don't realize that there's something maybe already there that doesn't um, adhere to what we would consider to be life, uh-huh. right? And then we start to figure out, well, okay, we've already, not only have we planned to come here, but we've actually already done things that have encroached on this life and that are damaging this life, and we don't even realize we're doing this. Then we've got the dilemma of like, okay, well, what do we do? We, we, we can't turn around and go back. So do we figure out how to live with this? Do we just kill it? Do we, what do we do, right? And, and, and then there's also the debate of, well, is it even a thing? Is it something that's even, right? That's what this story is about. And in a, in a way, we're the invaders. That's the thing, right? So not in a way. Yeah. It sounds like we're totally the invaders. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Also, yeah, so. also, I love the fact that yeah. who you are and the way you create. You know, people can laugh about the influence of various media mm-hmm. or stories or myths or whatever on our lives. The fact that the Prime Directive informs you so deeply. Mm-hmm. Very endearing. I love because I agree, man. Yeah, like, yeah. don't fuck with people. Let them do their thing, right? Yeah. Whether we're talking about me walking over to the next block and telling somebody that that shit on their lawn looks like garbage, or going to an alien planet right. and deciding what are we? Are we monsters? Are we human? Right. Where do we set that? Well, we made flag? a hell of a lot of mistakes. That's the other thing. Mm. That's the legacy mm-hmm. going yeah. into this. And so, do we continue? The, you know, one of the things when you watch, you guys ever watch the show The Expanse at all? Oh yeah. You know, one of the things with The Expanse is that it like. We're out in space and we're just doing the same shit that we were doing on Earth, right? And it's like it's Come like on, oh, it's three hundred years. We've got super advanced technology and we're still complete monsters, right? It's right. that's the thing. And so the, the the question to me ultimately, and I'd love to hear what you guys think about this, but to me it's like the question of do we want to have a Star Trek future or a Mad Max future, right? That's the that's the question. And when I say Star Trek, again, I'm not talking aliens and all the stuff. I'm talking about. A place where we're smart and, and we and we're functional and we and we got our shit together and we're getting things done. Where critical yeah. thinking becomes yes. the rule of the day. Critical thinking is Which the foundation. Is, is the foundation. And empathy. Right. And empathy. And empathy. But Absolutely. both those things are freakishly yeah. absent. Right. Now, I'm not among the normal people. We all know people who are wonderful, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As a species, however, we're not doing the greatest job. We're not exemplifying what we are capable of. I felt right. like that since I was a little kid. I'm like, yeah, me too. We have these gigantic brains, mm-hmm. yep, almost impossibly large brains. Perhaps from an evolutionary standpoint, a hindrance. The brains are so big, mm-hmm. but there's so much capability Absolutely. there, and we don't give a fuck. Exactly. We're hungry monkeys yep. that want to take the other ones, pretty colored rocks, yep. and beat off all day. Yep. yep. And again, yep. don't get me wrong. Beaten off school, but <laughs> it shouldn't be the driving force of who we are and what we do. No. And the other thing, so in addition to critical thinking and empathy, is not being fear based. We right. have because yes. exactly. fear is why well, fear is what's driving us. And you know, the sad part is fear is driving us, but yet we cover it up with arrogance uh-huh. and hubris and all this stuff. Like, bullying. you know, like, yeah, bull, yeah, right. It's like, no, 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 I'm not, I, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm, that's why I'm, you know, bullying the hell out of you because you know, you're less than me. It's like, the truth is these people are insignificant, you know, but they, but they, they're, they wield their power, um, you know, you know, in a way that basically putting somebody else down, pushing someone else aside, they, they feel like that's what gives them substance, you know, in their existence. And it's like, it's really sad to see. It's just sad to see, you know, and I, I, I had a, a guy, you know, obviously this stuff came out in the past week about 
the potential that Trump actually grabbed a Secret Service. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Right, okay. Just choked and him from behind. Him from behind. You right? drive me to the Capitol right now. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and you know, for me, I, I just laugh because I'm like, of course he did. Yes. Of course he did. Yep. You know, I mean, like, like who, everything about him, everything about bully, him, right. fear, exactly. incompetence, all of exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Hearing things like, hey, you know, you know, shut off the, uh, the, the, the metal detectors because you want, I want those guys with weapons to get in here. Because we got to get ready, you know. And they're not coming after they're me. They're not coming after me. That was the right? that was the they're thing not coming right after me. Like, oh my right? lord! And the, the thing that's so sad for me on this is like my disdain for Trump and all this sort of thing had nothing to do with being a Democrat or actually I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent, right? Yeah. First up, but my thing is, it's it's the, it's the character of the human being. Mm-hmm. It's like how would we possibly want a human being like that to be our leader and to be a role model and to have children emulate him. And everything. That's the part that's been so astounding to me, right? And and to see the disconnect in our culture of mm-hmm. of, of having millions of people that are like, hey, this is cool. I, I'm good with it. <laughs> as long as I get what I want, I don't care if he does that. I don't care what he's like. I don't care what it's like to the rest of the world. You know, it's it's really something. Anyway, digressing. The the bottom line is, as a species, we're not we're not firing on all cylinders. Yeah. We just aren't. And I've and I've been seeing it just like I like you said, you know, since I was a child. You know, I grew up watching things like Carl Sagan's Cosmos and stuff mm-hmm. and going, hey, man, this is amazing. Like, we've we've figured so much stuff out and there's so much more to figure out. We're, we haven't even begun to figure out what there is to figure out. OK. Right. And we, we could we could solve all of our problems. We could treat each other well. We could, there's I don't think people understand what we're capable of. There's right? a cure for every disease on this planet if we would spend the money and time and effort and energy to follow that instead of follow money for other shit. Too. Exactly. I'm no absolutely question. believe no question. that there is every no amount of chemistry to solve every. No, no question. Every, no I question. remember the very first time I took LSD and I'm not advocating drugs. Kids stay in school and don't do drugs. But I had this thought that's never left my brain since I was 19 years old. What if, and it was probably a little less back then, but I'm just going to use relatively current population figures. What if, given our creativity, Mm -hmm. our passion, Mm -hmm. our engine, our drive, our ability as a species, especially in the last century, like, you know, literally more than doubling everything that ever happened in human history before that, what if we pointed... Seven billion human minds yes. in the same direction. Exactly. Now, well, and I'm not no, saying no. you have to be a drone, no, 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 no. but I'm saying there's literally no limits. Yeah. There are no, no limits. It, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because I, I, I feel this way myself. It's like I'm not suggesting we become some sort of homogenized, everyone's exactly the uh-uh. same. But the problem is we're going in a million directions at once, right? And, and it's really dysfunctional. And it, 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 right, the idea of having such different agendas and perspectives and everything, right? And again, I'm not saying we all have to have the exact same thought process. And it, that's not it. I'm not saying get rid of diversity. But how about we align and say, hey, we all agree that we all want to be educated. We, See, right? Seems like right, a reasonable right? choice. We, we want to make sure that everyone knows the world isn't flat. We want to make sure that everyone understands that we're orbiting a star. We want to we, we, we want to make sure that you know what I mean. Just this ba- like some yeah. of these basic things, right? Just understanding how the world works. We all agree to that, and we're all part of that, and we all believe in it. And so that's what I'd love to see. And if that could happen, I think things would change, right? Again, it's just it's just agreeing to sort of the same basic tenets and saying we all want to do good. We all want to make it better. And it's not this thing of like, well, it's just kind of all about me. And I just want to buy as much shit and get as much shit as I can. You Which know? you can't right? take with you, you know? and will not exactly. fill the hole 
that's in your soul that's exactly. making you feel that way exactly. in the first place. Before we hear our next song, yeah. I know it's impossible to predict, and I know it's been in the hopper for a very long time, and you still have many moving parts involved. When do you think we, the general public, might get to see Persephone? Okay, so, um, you know, um, we've got uh, Ming-Na Wen just joined us. Um, fantastic. That's actor. amazing, by right. the way. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I got to work with her a few years back on uh, my Parallel Man project. Yep. And uh, Ming's awesome. Um, she's going to be the lead opposite uh, Brianna Hildebrand from the Deadpool movies. Yeah. She's a fantastic young actor. And then uh, Isai Morales is playing Brianna's father in the movie. And we still have some casting we're doing. We, we actually have some legendary A-list actors that we're, we're t- in talks with right now about joining the cast. Mum's the word. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, but we should, you know. Um, but, but as far as that's concerned, we, my intention is to be in production in 2023 okay. for a 24 release. All right, great. Well, I mean, and I know that everything's fluid, yeah, right? Yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah. no way to map that stuff yeah, out entirely yeah. with yeah. all those moving so parts. I, I, I would think... But it's a the, vision that you've had in your head for yeah. so long Man, yeah. When you walk the red carpet that night, you're there, man. You're there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, we're we're really excited about it. And I think I think you know the the thing with Persephone is it it has uh, it does discuss climate change yep. quite a bit. Um, it it talks about you know um, humanity, the past, the present, the future. Um, but at the end, of, at the core, is just a good human story about a, a intergenerational conflict between these two women. That's what the story really is. And mm-hmm. I, I'm really excited for people to see it. So, Well, like a young yeah. person like me going up against Sean, one of the old guards, right? So, I mean, <laughs> like, um, ah, just kidding, of course. Uh, our guest today is Jeffrey Morris, who has his thing. I, I can't believe you actually have time today because you seem to never stop working. You I, like working. I don't do you? work a lot. Yeah, I do work a lot. Do you, I, you like know, it? Do you take you know, downtime? It's funny. I don't. I don't consider the creative part work. Right. 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 Because I actually enjoy the right. I mean, build the life you want to live. Mm-hmm. Right. And okay, the the work part is the financing stuff. Yeah. And that's the yeah. kind of that part. And and the idea of like constantly trying to sell studios or sell these people or sell actors or sell this or sell that. And, yeah. and you know, that part gets tiresome. Exhausting. That part is exhausting. I'm sure. Um, and I've found, I've, but I've, I've been finding a way to, to, you know, I, I would advocate with everybody, you know, eat right, exercise, get some sleep and don't let the world overwhelm you. You know, that's been my trick lately. The only know? thing that saved my yeah. life in the last two years, I'm in bed by eight o'clock every night because I get okay. up at four a.m. Sure, eight hours of sleep every night. There you go. Has changed everything yeah. about my life, yep. except for the fact that I'm still a fat ass. Jeffrey Morris <laughs> is our guest. Uh, we've been talking too long. We have to get another song in here. Yeah. You've picked a great duo right here yeah. that I love very much. I love that you picked a more recent song from Depeche mm-hmm. Mode, and it was still ass kicking. Yeah. Tell me about this song right here from Tears for Fears because I do not know this song. Okay, this one blew my mind. So yeah. This came out late last year, All right. okay, in twenty one. Yeah, yeah. And Tears for Fears, what they, you know, we're talking. Uh, it was uh, with the fortieth anniversary of their yes. first album, right? right? And I've been following those guys for years. Fantastic band, mm-hmm. especially the first couple of albums. Like, I agree. Like the, 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 the first album, The Hurting, is like is night and day from what yeah. they put out afterwards. Absolutely. But I, lo- I so, love but, this band. But to me, the hurting, the hurting, and some aspects of songs of the Big Chair. That's that's Tears for Fears for right. me. Right. Well, and I think for okay. most people, right, right. right. This song that you're going to hear next, the tipping point, it harkens back to that origin. Okay, and so it, it's it's a great. You tell me what you think once it's over, but it's it, it's a it's a it's one of the best songs I've heard in years. It's it's great, it, and they were back in form.
So, writer, director, producer, visionary, futurist, and apparently a really good fucking DJ, too. Jeffrey Morris is our <laughs> guest. Because you're picking the good stuff, man. That's a that's a new Tears for Fears song? That's a new Tears for yep. Fears it song. It sounds yeah. incredible. Doesn't it? It was yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really I good. see synthesizers. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, mood. It, yeah. The so, whole thing. Yeah, no, it's it's like back in form. It's like the kind of stuff. In, and to me, I'm like, man, I'm, it, it feels like I'm back in like 1983. You know, Which I, <laughs> you oh, know. I wish. Except yeah. I was really, yeah. I was that really was music, skinny man. and pimply back then. Before we continue <laughs> with Jeffrey Morris, we do have to check in with our friend Sean Bernard, who, in addition to being my colleague, my cohort, co-owner of the Brian Oak Show, is also a realtor for Edina Realty at 50th in France. House tricks. Good. You know, it's been really busy. I felt fortunate in that way. Uh, the rates have gone up, but uh, you know what? The market's shifting. It's finally happening. People, what they kept wishing for is finally happening, and we're going to have more of a balanced market. Um, that means that I'm also not seeing clients uh, go way over for asking price right now. Right. Uh, so that can make it make up for a lot of interest payments, right? Um, which is, which is kind of nice. And, and I've always said you should probably stay in the house for six, seven, eight years. Minimum, frankly. Yeah, exactly, and that's my humble exactly opinion. Right. And I'm somebody that to this day, I'm not afraid of hard work. I was painting the trim on my house this morning and Oof. 
It's awful. Do you want to come over and touch up the trim on my house? Uh, not so much. Oh. Not so much. I, I get to ask that all the time. But oh, we were friends. I don't a, know. Built um, a deck, built some stairs with my son, and I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but it's supposed to be an investment, and you can either pay to get that done and have to stay even longer, or you can do the work yourself, which I actually, it's good therapy for me. But if you know of somebody that's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594, and I donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local musician or band. Is that number also textable? It's, it's I was going to say a Theo textable, but that's not. That's popular. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, Theo's cool, man. Theo's cool. Theo's We're down cool. with Theo. Exactly. It's textable. Jamming on the one. When him j- and Stevie j- Wonder j- did that. Jamming on the one. Exactly. <laughs> future Dude Entertainment or futuredude.com is ground zero for the expressions and the many, many projects that our guest today, Jeffrey Morris, is involved in. Um, I don't want to wait two years until I have you back again because no. I feel like things are dynamic, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, no. And I'll there's too back. much to talk about in one episode, but I would be remiss if I let you walk out of here without talking about Parallel Man a little bit. All oh, right? sure. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Parallel Man, so I am a lifelong animation fanatic from the time I was very little. And as I've grown older and explored more, it ranges from some of the most esoteric, weird, Eastern European stop action animation. Yep. I feel like I was an early adopter of anime long before it was popular. Like sure. you know, Speed Racer was one thing, but then there was hey, G Force. I was, was going to say, did you watch Battle of the Planet? Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. With, I mean, with the giant submarine yeah, yeah. spaceship? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So early on, I was like, yeah. and what I liked about it, I'm like, this isn't like, I mean, and I had nothing against American animation. Mm-hmm. That's what I grew mm-hmm. up with. But looking at this Japanese stuff, I'm like, that's different. That's interesting. Yeah. And so before anime really exploded in the 2000s, back in the 90s, you had to work pretty hard to find it. Sure. But I became a collector and cool. went through a lot of stuff. I guess my point is this. I've been an animation fan my entire life, mm-hmm. not just my adult life, my entire life. And so when I see, and I think, I think right now, you maybe can't call it the golden age of animation, mm-hmm. but I believe because there's more access to it, there's more venues and vectors to market than ever before. Mm-hmm. I feel like the level of creativity in animation right now mm-hmm. is something, it's at least as strong as anything I've ever seen. Now, Parallel Man, you decided, why did you decide to go animated instead of doing something real life like your other projects? Well, first off, um, you know, it's about parallel universes, and, right. it, and it was actually done a few years back before this whole advent of all these different multiverse you know movies and tv right. shows and stuff nowadays um i it, you know it's funny that the first time i ever came across the multiverse concept was probably watching the original star trek i don't know if you remember the episode mirror mirror it was spock with the goatee evil kirk and i remember and seeing apparently it. all you have to do to be evil is just have a goatee you just have to have a goatee and maybe like right. slightly stronger eyebrows right right right, right. or you know or, or a scar like sulu had you know, <laughs> sulu had the scar and stuff right but um oh it's good yeah stuff. but but i mean that was it was really cool when i saw that i was a kid and it made me look in the mirror differently i remember looking going hey is that really a mirror is that or is that like a guy in another universe <gasps> who's like come to the to the same sort of portal at the exact same time and we're looking at each other and he just does things exactly the opposite of what i'm doing right it's kind of weird if you you're freaking it. me out man and, and you, yeah you I don't freak, seem you don't seem yeah. like a drug head but <laughs> you sound a little bit like one right now but i but what was I it salvador that? dolly said uh i, I don't i don't do drugs because i am drugs exactly there, there you go wow. i mean me. but like when your That's mind me. starts going those places you probably yeah. don't need to do drugs i don't need to do drugs yeah. i am drugs <laughs> but um, I, know, I know i know what you mean yeah. parallel so, dimensions and there's also yeah. i mean when you the more we learned about 
quantum mechanics, right? And mm-hmm. and and string theory. I mean, it's likely as as much as it's not that there is an alternate version of every reality that's ever existed. Yeah. And moment by moment, based on every decision we made, another is created. So literally an infinite number of them. There's a universe where you're Trump's running mate. You Fuck my- you. There is not one universe. <laughs> you know I love you, Jeffrey, but there is a 0% chance that ever comes to that's pass. What call, unless, that's unless, what I call a perpendicular universe. I'm a sleeper cell. And I'm just waiting for a chance yes. to shiv that son of a bitch. Yeah, there you I go. Cut I him open like go. a sweaty, overly tan pig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I go too far? You know what? I'm ready to be on a government list. <laughs> Bring it on, totalitarian. Anyway, I believe yeah. you were making a much more salient point than I was before I talked about gutting Trump. Yes, yes, yes. Um just the, the, the notion of an alternate universe, yes, which alternate is the premise, which is the wow. premise of her. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, man, you brought that on me. All right? I'm just joking. I, I was just messing with you. No, man. I know you were. Okay, so, so, um, no, okay, so, so here's the thing: the thing with parallel universes and doing this, you got an infinite possibility in terms of where you can travel and what you can do and all right. those sorts of things, right? And uh, what I wanted to do was tell a story where it was almost like a um, my my writing partner and I called it like uh, uh, changing channels uh, while watching the same show. Right. So it's like it, it's suddenly completely oh. different premise, different things happening, but it's all the same characters and same. Right. Ooh. And that's sort of what what if you watch the short film is almost what happens. Right. We go through these different worlds and, and those are all say, say that's all supposed to be near Chicago. Right. In, in the story. That's all every single universe they go to. It's not like they're geographically changing location. They're changing their their what happened their, and their, how yeah. we're there. Right. Exactly. Well, what I love so, about it. Is yeah. I mean again one of the small things, and again it's a very small factor involved, and no spoilers here, but that the people who are in charge, the people who can traverse these dimensions, right? Mm-hmm. They have them codified. They're like in we're in version thirteen. Yeah, we're yeah, in yeah. They have, a, they have this thing we're... called called Atlas that that has <clears throat> actually mapped the multiverse, right? right? At least some of it. Yeah, not all of it, but some. The of parts it, they know. The parts they know, right? So and they and and in the story they've got different worlds they've got alpha worlds which are worlds that they control and 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 then the beta worlds are ones that they they could take over and then gamma worlds are ones that are just too dangerous you can't you don't want to mess with those right, right? they're too far and and all of them are earth though they're all earth yep. right and they're all earth in 2020 whatever yeah. right it's not it's not like they're traveling through time so like like when they see dinosaurs they're in 2000 yeah. whatever. It's just dinosaurs, it's just dinosaurs, didn't, dinosaurs die. didn't die. Right, exactly. My favorite of yeah. those worlds now, because again, we're dealing with a primary protagonist who decides he's going to go a little bit rogue. And we don't know exactly why at first, but he's being pursued by these so-called authorities yeah. who are able to bounce behind him through all these realities. When you land in the one where America is Chinese controlled and yes. that giant trawler, yes. the mining thing. <laughs> yes. And, My team thought I was insane. So that, that's it, what I say. I am drugs, right? I was like, yeah. I was like, I said, hey, you know what would be really cool is what if you had a mobile refinery and we just did all the action under this big ass thing that's just slowly chunking along, yeah. you know, it's going along. And then all the stuff happens right underneath this thing. And I thought that'd be really cool. Now, so you asked me why to do an animation. That's it right there. It's like that would have been hard to film. Do that. Right. Okay. Now, now you could do that with visual effects and yeah. stuff. And of everything, course. But it's going to cost one hundred million dollars, one hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah. Right. Right. I had a couple hundred thousand bucks. So I was like. How do I do this? So I put together a team of, of, uh, of former students from MCAD who'd worked with me, mm. and we built our own animation uh, a group. For real? Yeah, for real. And we did that all in-house, and we did it, um, actually, a lot of the work remotely at a time before 
COVID and stuff. We did. Yeah. I mean, some of the guys on that team, I never even met them in person. Right. But we did this whole thing, and we we put it together. It was great. And uh, I'm so I'm so proud of how it turned out. I, it's it's still even though it's a few years old, it looks like it was made now. And uh, the other thing is, I tried to I tried to give it a look and feel that felt that you, you reference like older animation styles. I I I wanted to use today's technology, but make it look kind of like more like something in the 70s but i mean you know? but, but it, i yeah. want to make sure people understand too that it's not like hannah barbera no, no, right? no, like, no, no. obviously that that informs a lot of us and a lot of the way the world yeah. is today but those like repeating backgrounds and that kind of stuff no, so no, no. it does have a little bit of an old school vibe but it looks very modern i mean oh, you, yeah, you've yeah, told thanks. someone it came out last week they yeah. wouldn't be surprised yeah but yeah. it has some of those tropes that you're talking yeah. about and it's just good man so jeffrey i would like you'd move into my house and tell me stories all day. <laughs> that clearly is not possible since Just you have so much stories. work to do. But here's what we're going to do, because we got to start to think about wrapping things up here. Sure. Uh, Oceanus, people should go watch now and keep an eye out for what the future or the pre-future holds regarding that. Uh, Parallel Man is out there right now, and mm -hmm. when I post this online socially, I'm going to put a link for the Parallel Man movie on YouTube out there. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Persephone, which we might be a couple of years out still, yeah. But this is going to be, I mean, I guess my point is this. You've got all three of these yes. in the pipe, right? Yes, or I things do. you've worked on oh, yeah. and you never stop thinking about knowing you as little or as much as I do. I can't imagine that you don't already have another half dozen ideas so, in the hopper. What's funny. next? It's funny. I'm working on a business plan right now. For of course the, for you the, are. For phase three of my company. Yeah. So. Sounds like the Marvel Universe. What's Phase Three? <laughs> yeah, Phase Three. No, it sounds no, like you know, the Tyrell a, Corporation, <laughs> yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, um, Nixa Six. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, we uh, we 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 uh, we're really uh, look. We've got the three that we're we're working on that are kind of our flagships: Persephone, Parallel Man, Oceanus. And right. again, yeah, yeah, absolutely. People go go watch those on YouTube because all the views help us. I'll and, share the links with yeah, all of awesome. them. And Oceanus, but, man, the fact that I mean. You hit two million in what, like a month, two About months, a month, month and a half. That's yeah. crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, Good yeah, for yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Good for you. Um, and so anyway, yeah. And Parallel Man's over a million now too, which, yeah, which is great. They're, they're and, both and by fantastic. the way, the, the thing is with with animation, it's got a different audience, right? Right. You know, and and part of it is that animation has even. You know, if you look on Dust, you'll see that they have movies that have been there for years. They only have a hundred thousand views, things like that, right? So we're we're doing all right. We're doing all right, and the, and the, yeah. the the comments have been phenomenal, and the like ratio is great. So the point is, um, all those things are happening. But I have um, right now. I, I identified that I've got uh, twelve additional IPs. Some of them I'm. Planning. I'm sorry, twelve. Twelve. Yeah, I got twelve. Jeffrey, Some, can you settle down a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> well, they've been, these have been happening for years, right? Some of them go yeah. back to when I was a you know like okay. a teenager or something, right? Wow. There are ideas that you have, and you go, well, I don't know if I'm going to do that right now, but I'm going to put it in the file. I'm going to put it in the file, right? I have an idea about drones that that deals with mm -hmm. the military, and 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 you know, imagining a future war that's being fought with drones. And there's a guy who's the the dude who who's who's the human who fixes drones, right? And and then he, you know, something goes wrong, and he ends up stranded in the middle of a war zone where he's the only human being oh. out there with all these drones. Wow. So I don't want to tell him more because I'm gonna steal the idea. Yeah, but, but uh, also yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm sure this is copyrighted. Anybody yeah. who is cool yeah. enough to listen to this show and steal that idea, yeah. fuck you. You're not invited. <laughs> back. Yeah, you You're go. not invited. No, back. but I, I just wanted to give a taste. Right. Yeah. Those are the kind of ideas we're just sitting around talking. Like, wouldn't it be cool if da 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 da? And yeah. then and it's like, so I've got a bunch of ideas. There's there's a there's one that takes us back to the moon that has to do with uh, scientists on the moon in the next few years discovering something interesting up there. There's some cool mm. stuff we've got figured out. So. Um, I've got a, one going to the planet Venus. Um, so, you know, so these IPs are there. Some of them I'm going to make, some of them I'm going to sell, some of them I'm going to have other directors do. 
Um, that's my plan, you know. So, so we're yeah, no future dudes around to stay. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be doing this for the next, was, you know, for I, the rest I, of your rest entire of my, life. Yeah, that's right? my plan. I mean, yeah, I don't have any plan to stop. I mean, it's like, and that's, and that, yeah. it's amazing, man. Yeah. I find you genuinely inspirational. Thank you. I have two last questions before we hear your final song choice. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. One, you talk about the moon a lot. Um, have you seen the uh, movie Moon with Sam Rockwell? Um, not only have I seen it, it's in my like top. 20 favorite films of all time. It's one of the most inventive and yeah. creative yeah. films, science fiction films, certainly, oh, but brilliant. in general, what I love about it, though, the thing that almost no other film does, the twist comes about a third of the way into the movie, yeah. and then you live with the twist for the, the next two thirds exactly, of the movie. Yeah. It's a brilliant, it's brilliant, brilliant film. Yeah, yeah, Moon is, I'm a huge fan of that film. It's, I, it's I think, unbelievable. It, it's, it's really under, underrated. It was only made for $5 million, right. and uh, the, the director was Duncan Jones, who happens to be David Bowie's son. Correct. Which was really wow. cool. Yeah. It's, just, it, it, it's yeah. such a clever movie, and I'm like, I'll bet this is a Jeffrey Morris kind of film. Big time. Turns out I was not wrong. Big time. And I forgot my second question. So I'm going to go ahead and thank our <laughs> Patreon members. I'm going to thank all of our sponsors, up to and including Smart Start MN. Sean Bernard, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, I I hate to be the gushing guy, Jeffrey, mm-hmm. but I'm a fan, man. I like thank I you. I think that you represent. You know, we're talking about the world, right? And like, what a shitstorm it seems like all the time. There are people who will continue, even if there's a little darkness in the art that they put out, there are people who believe in humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are people who believe in growing together as a culture and a people. Yes. And there are people who believe that our species, are, hopefully they understand, exist on this tiny moat of dust. Exactly. With a razor thin level of atmosphere all the way around yes. it. Yeah. The difference between us and oblivion is almost inconceivably small. And hopefully there's more out there. There's got to be more out there, right? Yeah. But maybe there's not. So we ought to start doing a we fucking do better, better job. job. We, we have do to better do a job. better job. No, and you know, it's funny. Last thing I'll say is, uh, you know, it's not that I don't have hope. I was on my way here. I was literally talking to my writing partner on the phone driving here. And I was like, man, what if, you know, I was trying to come up with solutions. Like, how can we get, it feels like the dialogue right now is being co-opted by the extremes on the left and the extremes on the right. Mm-hmm. Right. And And the media, of course, prefers to, to showcase those mm-hmm. voices because those voices are more... Uh, well, that's where the action happens. Right. It's like, it's like, you know, who, who wants to have a news report of people were sane and rational today and did the right thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Point, right? Nobody. Okay. So, so, that, so between those, two for, those three forces, right, um, it's, it's destabilizing everything. That doesn't mean... But if you look at the center of all this, and I know I'm not just talking about the middle politically, there are a lot of good people, mm-hmm. and they're good people who mean well... And they just want to live their lives. They don't want to hurt anyone. They want to have a better future. They want to have a good present. They 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 want to they want to honor the p- good things in the past. I want to figure out how how can we speak to them, and and have that become the conversation. How it's just it's something that's starting to grow in my head. Like maybe the problem is we have to start looking to the middle, and and I kind of hate calling it the middle because it's not. But but you know what, I'm talking about the everyday well, people. But what you're talking you know about I mean? is the sane, yeah. rational, yes, yes. well thought out yes. approach yes. to our mutual future. Right. I'm that's, yes. what, that's what I'm talking saying. About. Good, yeah. I think that that's what's missing. I think, and I'm going to start figuring this out today. I think what has to happen is we've got to look at that sane, rational place and bringing us all together there and saying to these fringe people, "Fuck off." Well, go away. Yes, we're, we're done. All, we're all the same thing. You and know? whether we like it or not, whether it's the water crisis, whether the world catches on fire, whether we're attacked by aliens, right. whether there's a zombie invasion, whatever exactly. happens, 
We're the same thing. We and are. We're closer <laughs> to each other than we are further apart. Exactly. And the people who harp on the division and the difference, hatred, and all, and all that stuff, yeah. they live in fear. Right. And if, if they would take five seconds to sit down, yep. again, I don't want to drink a lime Rita, but I'll sit there and chat with you while you drink one. That's <laughs> right. We right. have differences. Exactly. Everyone, you don't have to give up who <laughs> right. you are right. to be a full fledged member exactly. of the human race. Exactly. Exactly. So, so there is hope. We just have to. We just got to keep guys like us have to keep talking. Stay we positive, find baby. More people and make it happen. It happen. Yeah, we'll work it out. Awesome, man. FutureDude.com is ground zero, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, very good. Thank you. Well, Jeff, good luck right. with everything. I'm yeah. certain that you're so busy. We'll get you back sometime in 2026, 2027. <laughs> so we're going to LA, man. No, we'll do we it sooner than later. The answer is yes. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I would love to have you guys uh, out. No joke, by the way. You did invite us to LA, and I have friends there. I would love to come out and see what it looks like when people are filming a movie and stuff. Let's do it. Let's do it. Still want to talk about this last song? I do. Um, I just want to make sure that people know that Jeffrey Morris is rad as fucking hell. And (laughs) FutureDude.com is where you find all the stuff he's working on. And these 12 IPs, I can't wait to see that start trickling out. We'll we'll talk about it. One step at a time, baby. Go ahead and talk about this final song. So the final song, and by the way, it's really fun. Um, You know, it's funny. I used to DJ in college. And I I, I did college radio stuff. And then I also did in in clubs and stuff and everything, too. So I did For real? Yeah, yeah, I even did a, a couple. When I first moved to Minnesota, there was a... Uh, uh, Pacific Club in the clubs downtown. I remember I used, the I used Pacific Club. Nice. And stuff. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, so I have DJ. This is funny, but uh, but my point is, it's really nice to have a venue to share some of these really cool songs. So yeah. the, the Fix, um, they've been around forty years. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw them actually in twenty nineteen uh, here in town, and it was they were amazing. It was great uh, in concert. But they um, they just released a new album two weeks ago. And uh, before you yeah. send us off with this song, yeah. may I say that in addition to all the other interesting things about you, you pulled three hardcore 80s bands, mm-hmm. and by every single one of them, you picked a song they've made in the last couple of years. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank I you. love thank it, you. man. Thank That's you. brilliant. You know, I didn't even think of that, you know, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's, you didn't play Red Skies at night. No, you, no, you, no, you no. You didn't no. play Saved no. by Zero. No. You're going to play something recent for yeah. them, which I'm excited about because yeah. I haven't heard well, anything well, look, since Saved by Zero. But it's kind of like dudes like us, right? It's just because... Because, you know, we, we've been around a while, but they still have something to say. Yes. And it's still important. And it's something that's missing, man. We got to listen to some of these people. Right. I mean, so the point is this song we're going to play uh, closer. It, 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 when I heard it, I was like, holy, that's that's exactly how I feel right now. That's exactly what's up. And um, it's it's absolutely brilliant song. I hope you like it. Check it out. Burn a bridge. Go up a car. Burn a bridge. Go up a car. 